update on the kids. God has um, blessed us here with um, lots and lots of children and uh, young people, um, tots and kids and youth. Um, I think it's fair to say it's probably a good third of our church um, is under 18. So um, that's a good sign. <laughs> um, and we want to be really good stewards of that and um, not see them as the church of tomorrow. We'll see them as the church of today, as we often say, because if we treat them like the church of tomorrow, we won't have a church tomorrow. We invest in them now and treat them as the sons and daughters that God does and um, uh, how we have to come to him like them and they can teach us as much about Jesus as uh, we teach them. So great that um, people are so faithful and serving and working behind the scenes to try and provide the best environments for that to happen. Good. Great day yesterday too. Um, thank you for everyone that was able to come in and serve. Lots and lots of people got prayed for. Thank you for um, just um, being able to serve tea and coffee. It was kind of like runners at one point to try and keep up with the amount of people that were coming in. Lots of sweets given out. Lots of opportunities to, to have conversation and pray for people. So it's just a wonderful opportunity. And um, it's great that we can serve in the town that way. Uh, this morning, what I want to do is um, try and bring a little bit of... Um, response to last week, basically. So last week, if you weren't with us, we shared on Vision um, Sunday, we called it, and I suppose this is like a response to Vision. We sometimes refer to this day in our church life as All In Sunday. How can we respond? How can we be all in to what God is doing amongst us? And um, uh, so sorry if you weren't here last week and you've missed this, but we'll try to hopefully knit it together a little bit. Um, but it was such a great day. It was hopefully you enjoyed last Sunday morning hearing a little bit about what God God has been saying to us in the presentation that we um, have put together uh, to use across Lurgan and Portadown and the different churches. And then that culminated last Sunday night with just a brilliant time together in Brownlow Leisure Centre. Um, hundreds of people from all of the different churches across Craigavon that we um, God has been planting and birthing from us uh, gathered together. And we just it was great, wasn't it, just to hear stories of people that are being transformed by the gospel and by and, and finding family in the church. And, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, I started to realize it's so exciting to be part of a family of families. Yeah, it's so, it's, so, it's so exciting to be part of a partnership of churches. And uh, the more I look at the early church, the more I realize that's exactly what it was. It wasn't really even, we, we've developed and used the word network, which it kind of is, but it was much more a deep kind of partnership in the gospel, a family of families being spread out across a geographical area. And uh, the kingdom was coming and transforming the world and discipling the nations. And so I hope um, <clears throat> you're able to grasp. And sometimes it's just being in the same place together, isn't it? Allows us to captivate what God's actually doing amongst us. And hopefully um, we sent out, If you, one of the things I'll say later, if we don't have your contact details, if you don't get like a weekly email from, from us around Friday or Saturday, um, please let us know because uh, we'd love to be able to, communicate each week just what's coming up but we sent out to that uh, database the the link for the video that we showed last week and I'd really love you to take some time just to familiarize yourself with some of the language and one of the things that we were saying as much as we were trying to show you the bigger picture of what God's doing amongst us we we're also trying to help people understand what their unique role is is and at where God has called each and every one of us every day everywhere everyone doing the stuff wherever God has called us 
to represent him well, and also how we could be a signpost to the different churches and the different services that God has allowed us to lead and birth, and hopefully you can get an idea of how you can play your role in that. I was thinking about it this morning, and I just feel that even some of what I'm going to say today is going to be quite practical. I'm going to drop in and teach in little bits of it, but I just felt this morning to wrap this all around the idea when as we, as we kind of tried to present the architecture, if that's the way to put it, of what God's doing around the city. If, I felt like the Lord said to me this morning, it was like a big net, that we were creating a big net and we were trying to um, mend nets by knitting things together and knitting parts of our nets together because he wants us to prepare for a big catch. Yeah. He wants us to prepare for a big catch right across the city. One of the things that we felt God said to us as we birthed Portadown was that not just did we want to see God do something incredible in Portadown, but that it would position us not just to see ones and twos come to Jesus, but it would see hundreds come to Jesus, that we'd see an, a real move of God's Spirit, and that we would have a wineskin, if that's the way to put it, in place that would able would be able to catch what the Lord wants to pour out so that we could see more and more people come to him. And so I, I really want you to hold that in mind. I don't want, uh, the practical things are really important and I'm going to talk about, but we feel like all of these are because, yeah, that, let's not lose the big picture. I think all of this is because God wants to move in our time, in our day, wants to save hundreds and thousands of people. He wants us to show us something that we've never seen in our lifetime before. He, he wants us to live in and through a time like that. And when that kind of thing happens, you have to work hard and think smart about how you steward that well and be faithful to that. And so some of the work that goes on and some of the things that we try to inform you about are because that's what we're preparing for. That makes sense? That's what we're, that's what we're preparing for. Um, and so I've split up uh, four ways that we could respond to maybe what we heard last year into four different areas, okay? They're prayer. You can pray as a response, you can serve, you can give, and you can live into what we think God's doing. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Is that all right? Promise? Can't do anything about it now, sure you can. <laughs> okay, first one is this. I think, there we go, pray. We want you to, um, first one is prayer. I want you to, as Debbie has already announced, we, we um, actually, before I say that, let me say this. So about three weeks ago, we were praying around the park on a Friday night, and um, I was praying up and down the Gavaki Road, and I just felt the Holy Spirit give me this picture as we were praying and asking the Lord, God, let us see your kingdom come in these streets and these homes, and what would it be like to see breakthrough in these areas, to see the gospel penetrate hearts and people won for you, Jesus, and feeling like maybe slightly overwhelmed as I walked around and looked at the, all the hundreds and hundreds of houses and, and you know, felt the brokenness of the area in my own heart a little bit, and it was kind of slightly overwhelmed, but thankful for all that God was doing as well. And I, I felt the Lord give me a picture, and I feel like I want to share this with you this morning, of um, a, a set of foundations, a house foundations, but the founds weren't actually even in, but they were just, they're just being dug. 
And I felt that we were, as we were praying, we were in the founds, like in our hands and our knees. We were like dirty, probably. We were like right in the midst, and we were just like pulling out stuff in the founds, like using our hands like shovels, basically, to pull out the soil to make good and to find good foundations. And we, there was a, I think my feeling was that there was a desperation about us as we did that. You know, we were just... We were working effectively, we were working fast, we were working desperately. And if I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Alan, as you try to plant the church here, you're actually just still at this stage. You're still just at the stage of setting the right foundations. <clears throat> because I feel like it would be really easy for us just to build a church that had everything just right on a Sunday and uh, got a few more people and, and, and made ourselves feel better because it was just, nice. <laughs> and it felt the Lord say, no, this is a season I feel like as a church, we have to pray, like like maybe like we've never learned to pray. And many of us have been Christians for years and years. And I feel like one of the things that we need to say to the Lord is like the disciples, Lord, teach us how to pray all over again. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to seek you. Teach us how to intercede. Teach us how to pray the things that are in your heart. Yeah, our lists, our lists are important, but more than that, God, what do you want us to pray? Where do you want us to fast? What do you want us to be desperate for? How do you want us to seek you more? And and I, I feel like, you know, uh, the picture that came to me, the, the, the story that I was reminded of is, you know, the wise man built his house in the rock and the foolish man built his house in the sand. And it's easy to build your life these days on the sand and it's easy to build a church in the sand these days. Everything can look good for a wee while, but when the wind and the waves comes, it was just another gathering of Christians for another year or two, and I really don't want us to be that, you know, and I know that's the heart of the leadership, and I know that's the heart of many of you. We want to build on the rock, you know, we want to find a rock, because we believe in Portadown, there is a root, a redemptive root, and there's lots of bad roots, but there is a root that Jesus died for, right, that we want to find and we want to pray for and we want to build on that, yeah? And so I want to encourage you in the different ways that we can respond to that or to come to corporate prayer. If you can, every other Wednesday night, I'd, try, I'd encourage you to try and make it a priority. If, if you feel um, scared about that or freaked out about that in any way, please come and talk to us because we'd love to help you with that. I know it feels sometimes like maybe is everybody going to pray out loud and I could never do that, all of that kind of a thing. You don't have to do anything that you don't, you're not, you don't feel ready to do, but equally we'd love to just encourage you to come and be part of that. God speaks and does stuff. I think, you know, that's the main meeting, really. That's the main meeting. That's, that's the one where the work gets done. And so um, what I'd love you to do, and I know with uh, families and um, young kids and doing runs everywhere, it can be difficult at times, you know. But what I would just say is don't, don't leave the corporate responsibility for prayer to somebody else. Yeah? Don't, don't leave the corporate responsibility because we're going to pray for this family. We're going to pray for our kids and hopefully your kids. We're going to pray, we're going to pray for it. Don't, don't leave that to somebody else always to do. Yeah? You come and contribute to the life of prayer. It's the lifeblood. It's the vein of who we are. And so I just encourage you to come and contend with this. If it suits you on a Friday night, there's a, you know, a small gathering of people, but very faithfully kind of praying just around the People's Park. We meet at 6 o'clock. We pray around um, the streets. We pray around the streets of Portadown with country coming to town. And yesterday we, we did that on Friday night. And 
Stephen helps coordinate that most weeks. So if you'd like any information on that, speak to him. But it's a great opportunity. We've had a number of words about that as, as well. And we feel like Bruna really felt that this was a bit like our Jericho, you know, where we continue to walk around strongholds and pray. So if you can, join us for that. I know it's not, not the ideal time for everyone, but if you can, that would be great as well. Um, one other thing that we're going to do, I'm going to ask us to do this at the very end. Um, Chris, I think, mentioned last week that Part of our vision is getting ready for that catch is one of the things that we feel led in our heart to do in the new year is to do an alpha course. Um, and uh, uh, we'd love us to now start really thinking about who are the people that we could invite to alpha, who are the people that we could draw in, um, who are the people that we would could be bold and courageous to invite to church and to um not just to church, but to the Alpha Course and see one for the Lord. And so we have this little card that we'd love to give everyone. It's really like business card size. You can stick it in your wallet or somewhere or um, stick it on your fridge, although it's not a magnet, but sellotape wouldn't look right in the fridge. Sure, But anyway, put it somewhere where you can see it. It says, um, there it is, there it is. So um, you'll know it's Lydia, I think, you know, that the Lord opened Lydia's heart. That's Acts 16. And uh, the prayer is a very simple one, a prayer that the people that you're going to pray for, that God would open up their hearts um, to the knowledge of Jesus. And then, and then that you would have the courage to share. Andrew went and shared Jesus with his brother Peter, who was Simon at those times. And we just want to encourage you to pray and to share. And on the other side, you've got my five. And we would love you to write down. Somebody taught me to do this when I was a boy. Uh, teenager, and even when I wasn't maybe walking with God the way I should have been, I still prayed for my five every day. I think four, four, three or four of them are now believers, okay? They were just my peers, okay? And I'd love to encourage you to write down five people that you're going to pray for. There may be um, somebody in your own family, that's a good place to start, but there may be a colleague at work, people that you have a degree of proximity to, or your neighbor, yeah? Maybe the neighbor that you haven't got to know yet that you know that it would be good for you to get to know and just become intentional about praying for them. And uh, as we move things forward and we develop some smaller groups, probably after Christmas, one of the key things you're going to be asking you or encouraging you to do in those times is to bring this out every single time and to pray for the lost, okay? D.L. Moody, they say, prayed for 100 people who didn't know Jesus pretty much most of his life. He saw 94 of them, I think it has come to know Jesus in his lifetime. And at his funeral, the other six give their lives to Jesus. Right? Because he prayed nearly every day for people that didn't know Jesus. So we're going to be giving this out to you at the end and asking you to do this. So this is a way to get really, really practical individuals that you would love to lead to Jesus. We want to encourage you to respond to that. So those are some of the ways. The next one then um, on the screens is... Um, the prayer of blessing for the city and the nation. So we haven't done this loads yet, but if you flick on there, Suzanne, just, uh, we, we wrote a prayer that we would love to say. Um, here it is, right? Um, we said it in Brownlow last week. So um, I'll just read it so you get an idea of what it is, because as a family of families, we'd love loads of people to be praying this. So, Kurgavan Lurgan, Portadown, Ireland, we bless you in the name of the Lord. May you be blessed in the town and in the country. May you be increasingly aware of the smile and the goodness of God resting on you. May you be blessed with the revelation of the spirit of adoption to become true sons and daughters of God. We bless you with the honor you were destined to know and to overflow with. May you be blessed with righteousness raining down from heaven and salvation springing up from the ground. As we give unto the Lord, we sow with generosity and in faith believing for the, the shalom of the kingdom of God to reign in this city and nation in Jesus' name. 
Now, because we're like really with it, like technologically, if you go on to the next one, um, what you can do is, I actually even worked out how to screenshot on my laptop last night, right? That was so underwhelming of a response there. Anyway, right, so what you can do is, right, you can actually go on to the Emmanuel website, which I will talk about as well in a moment. On the, I'll talk about the website in a wee minute, although it'll be, it'll be terrible because I'm off of this kind of stuff, right? But when you go on to the Emmanuel new website now, you can click Lurgan or Portadown, okay? We're just updating the Portadown content, so there's not loads on the Portadown one yet, but we'll get that sorted. But on the Lurgan one, if you go on and go, go over to resources or downloads, you can download different things like, and this prayer, you can download for an Android, um, you know, if you need prayer, or an iPhone, if you've got one of them or any smart, you can download that onto like a screensaver on your phone so it fits your phone, you know, just below where the time and all is. Snazzy, yeah? And um, what we'd encourage you to do is potentially... What would be great is if you set your alarm for a particular time of the day that you might, like it might be lunchtime when you're on your break, it might be midday, it might be whatever, and you know, just maybe just pray that prayer. Uh, there's a scripture on the screen, I think, and it says um, this, Proverbs 11, 11. So if there was a season in my life where I actually set my alarm at 11, 11, because it's easy to remember. It was Proverbs 11, 11, and it was, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, Right? Now, part of our, not to get into a whole teaching this, but part of our priestly role in Jesus is that we get to bless things. And when we bless things with our words, that's why if you're not sure what to pray, just saying blessing people in the name of the Lord, something happens, right? We get to be a conduit for the blessing of God. And so through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. So I would be very, very excited at the thought of hundreds of us Praying a prayer of blessing over Lurgan, Portadown, Craven, and Ireland, you know, you know, every single day. So whatever time suits you, maybe you want to think about just setting a little alarm on your phone, it goes off, then it's right on your phone on the screensaver, and you can just start to say that prayer. Just speak blessing over the nation. Does that sound all right? So those are four or five different ways that we can respond in prayer. Okay. The next one is give. Give, give, give. Okay. We want to <clears throat> give faithfully. And we want to develop what I would call a theology of blessing. Um, so we want to pray for the vision to disciple the nations. But we want to give to the vision. Right? Somebody once spell, said you spell vision, M-O-N-E-Y. Right? But first and foremost, we want to be people to give to the Lord. And I don't have time this morning to go into a whole talk on giving and on tithing. But to be honest, we're about 10 months in and we haven't really said anything on it yet. And uh, thanks be to God, people are giving. And it appears that we've got a very generous church. And so the Lord bless you for your faithfulness and that. But I just want to say a few things because some of us, I don't know, have been maybe fully aware of the biblical pattern of what it is to give, but giving is a biblical, biblical pattern and principle that we cannot get aware. It's almost set into the pattern of God's earth, sowing and reaping, right? It's not karma, right? It's, it's biblical, kind of. If we sow, we can reap. We will reap. Maybe not always the way we want to, because that's in God's hands, 
but you can't get away from that principle. And so just a few things I want to say about tithing and about giving. Firstly, tithing is much more than money. Like all things in the Bible, it's a heart posture. It's reflecting the image of God as one who blesses, right? So God is a blessing God. He wants to bless us. He wants us to be fruitful and he wants us to multiply. He wants us to handle blessing well. Honestly, I think if we could get a handle of how to handle our possessions and our money, I honestly believe God would give us more because he's got blessings beyond what we can imagine. And he wants to bless the nations, okay? Now, for those of you who are a little bit more maybe read or around the Christian world, the prosperity gospel has obviously completely kind of screwed that all up in their heads and in their teaching. And um, and it's an abomination over time, really, the, the prosperity gospel. But the problem is people throw the baby out with the bathwater and develop a poverty mindset, you know, that God's a God of lack and all of that. And, and he's not. God's a God who wants to bless. But he wants and he needs people that know how to handle blessing and know how to handle blessing well, and so God is God wants us, the ones made in his image, to be people that know how to bless as well. So our giving becomes not a rule that we have to just obey, but it has it's a posture that we adopt, that we become a giving person, that we become a generous person. And we are fundamentally we're not hoarders. Fundamentally we shouldn't be stingy. Fundamentally, we shouldn't be any of those things, but we should be givers. This is what it means to be an image bearer of God. And so when it comes to, just to say that generally, when it comes to the tithe, when it comes to giving, we give to God, right, firstly, because what we're doing when we give unto God is we're recognizing that all that we have comes from Him anyway. Everything. Everything that's good comes from Him. And so when we give to God, when we give and when we tithe, we're giving to Him first and foremost. We're giving it to him for our use. Sorry, we're giving it to him um, for his use. Now, when I say that, that sounds like God needs it. God doesn't need any of our money, right? He, he owns it all. But when we give to God, what we're doing is we're recognizing our dependency on him to supply for our needs. It's an act of faith. Where we're, we are believing that as we give on to him, he will supply for our needs. Because if we don't, what we're saying is, God, I can look after my money better than you can. And I can provide for my needs better than you can. And God wanted to teach his people way back at the beginning that when they give on to him, first of all, they were honoring that it all came from him. And secondly, they were recognizing that he could look after them and that he would look after them better than they would look after themselves because he's a good father who wants to do that. And so, like all things, this started, just to, um, just to give you a few points on this, this started in the, in the Old Testament. And when you read the Old Testament, one of the ways I think it's really helpful to look at the Old Testament, particularly the law and the commandments, is to see it as like the building blocks of the love that Jesus came to fulfill. Okay? So it tells us when Jesus came, you've heard it said. In other words, you heard it said in the law, but now I say to you. Right? And so... Uh, I heard this explained recently. I thought it was a brilliant way to put it. It was almost like, if you can imagine learning English, when you go to primary school, you learn your ABCs. They're the building blocks of the English language, right? And they're really important. And they form the foundations of how you learn the language. But 
you know, if I learn uh, French or German or whatever, if any of you are learning language, you can learn it, but you don't really speak the language until you go and immerse yourself in the culture, right? So Jesus came and kind of immersed us in the culture of what the kingdom of heaven really looks like and taught the disciples that the ABCs were good, but they weren't the fullness. In other words, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I tell you, love your enemies. Yeah? Turn the other cheek. Jesus came to fill up the law. And, uh, and so when it comes to tithing, I think tithing was a bit like the ABCs. It was the very kind of basic way that they could understand what I've just tried to say, that they wanted to honor God first and foremost with their wealth. And secondly, that they wanted, they, they wanted to learn, and God wanted them to learn what it was to trust him for everything that they have. And so when we give a tenth that was what they were told, to give a tenth of what came in. When they were told to give that, it was because they were saying that the breath that we breathe comes from you. The health and strength, the ability to work, all of that comes from you. The ability to make any money and provide for our families in the first place, it all comes from you. And so we want to honor you with our money, and we want to entrust and acknowledge your provision in our life. Bill Johnson, I think, said one time, it's like paying God rent. It's his earth. It's his hour you get to breathe, <laughs> and you're giving it back as an act of thank you, God. Not because he needs it, but because in giving it to him, almost counterintuitively, you're going to be provided for. Now, if, you're not, if, if, you're, if, you, if you aren't brought up in the church, or you're maybe not a believer, it's really hard to get your head around that, because it is almost counterintuitive. But this is what the Bible said, and I just want to read a couple of scriptures from the Old Testament. This is what God said in Deuteronomy chapter 26. When you've entered the land the Lord your God has given you, as an inheritance, and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits, right? First fruits means the first things that come in. That means don't give God what's left at the end of the month, right? What's your top line? Work from there. It's all got very quiet, right? <laughs> but listen, this is not, I want to say this, right? I'm teaching this because it's my responsibility before God to teach you this because the church doesn't really need your money and God doesn't really need your money but here's what you need his blessing you need his blessing in your life that's why we teach about this because it's if we learn how to handle blessing well we get the we get the transformed cities yeah we get the transformed cities and nations so take the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God has given you and put them in a basket then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling place for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare to the Lord your God, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Okay? And then further on down the verse, it says, When you have finished setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. And so God was encouraging his people to bring a tenth of what they, what they had brought in to the altar to declare first and foremost what God had done in their lives, that he'd taken them out of Egypt, who God was. But then also to make sure that there was enough for the least. That's why we give. We give so we give to the Lord first and foremost because what he's done in our lives. 
Not just has he given us breath in our bodies, not just are we living beings because he decided that would be a good thing that I would be on the earth, not just has he given me breath to breathe, ability to work, all of that. I'm honoring him and giving back to him what's his and also making sure that in doing it, I'm giving it into a place, i.e., I think and I believe the local church, in order that the poor can be fed, in order that missionaries can be sent, in order that the fatherless and the widow can be looked after. And so as we grow and develop as a church, there will be, hopefully, we, our plan will be a significant proportion of what comes in will go out. And it will go out to the least. Right? And, um, and we want to do it like Jesus told us to do. And that's the economy of God that we enter into. Okay? And so, why I want you just to get a handle, I just want you to see it in, in, the, in the Bible. Um, So if the law is the ABCs, right? If the law is the A B, if this is the kind of ABCs, if this is the building blocks, what I'm offering you gently today, and you, you go and pray about this before the Lord, right? Personally and with your family. But I personally believe that every believer in Jesus should be getting to a place where they're giving at the very least a tenth. I think that's what the Bible speaks to us. Now, we're not bound by the law anymore. So there's a degree to which this, um, in Jesus, we're not bound by the law. But if the law was the building blocks, then it makes sense to me in my head that the tenth is the least. So now I know, so I want to say this really gently and pastorally to you today. I know that many of us have never heard stuff like this before, or it all seems new, or it all seems like, oh my goodness, I don't know how we could ever get to that. But what I would just love to say to you, why don't you set your goal, self yourself, set yourself a goal over the next few while of working towards that? Why don't you just even start working towards that? I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I, I'd nearly go as far to say I'll give you a money-back guarantee. Honestly, you'll not be disappointed. It's actually the one thing in Scripture I think that God challenges us to prove him on. And uh, I can only talk about my own life, and I'm not going to talk because money is one of those personal things, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But, you know, I suppose part, part of the reason why it comes naturally to me is because you're taught it as a child. You know, if you got £5 pocket money or something, 50p always went in the wee CEF box at the front of the, sat in our house. Or... You know, you gave it into church. So it just became norm. So when Rachel and I got married, it just wasn't even a conversation, really. It wasn't like an argument. It was just the top, like, let's look at it. Let's do a wee spreadsheet of all our outs. And that goes as number one. And then we decided we'd try and have this thing where we'd have a bit of fun with it. And we'd go, why don't we try to increase this by 1% every year? And why don't we try and prove God? And you know what? He's never let us down. Never let us down. In fact, he's added to our lives. And I hope, I hope, I could be wrong, I hope he has found us faithful to be able to handle more. Rick Warren tells a great story about, who's read The Purpose Driven Life? Anybody read that? So a few people have read The Purpose Driven Life. So apparently the most popular book outside the Bible ever written. Right? That makes you a lot of money. So, <clears throat> Rick Warren tithes, get this, so if you're not aware, Rick, 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 Warren, Rick Warren runs or leads one of the biggest churches in the world, I suppose, Saddleback Church in America. 
And uh, he wrote The Purpose of Life. Rick Warren tithes 91%. 91%. And uh, he tells a story brilliantly where um, he said when he was the backstory, because you say, well, of course you would, if you like made millions because you wrote like the book outside the Bible, you know, that's been more popular than anyone else, of course you would be able to tie that much. But he said, here's the backstory. Me and my wife got married 40 years ago, and Kay and I made a decision that when we, when we wanted to be givers, we wanted to be generous with our lives. And so we decided that every year we would give at least 1% more than what we gave the last year. And they did that for 35 years or something. And slowly but surely, they just built up their giving by 1% every year. So that when he wrote The Purpose Driven Life, and all of a sudden was handling millions, it wasn't a big deal to give it all to Jesus. Because you say, well, you would do that. Of course you would. You, I, I would do that if I had that amount of money. And to which Rick Warren replied, well, no, you wouldn't. Because if you're not doing it now, then you wouldn't do it then. Yeah. And so I just really encourage you to think about it. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just wanting to encourage you that you can know the blessing of God in your life. Because it's not about what, what we need. It's the law of so, sowing and reaping. This is about the blessing of God coming in your home, in your family, in your life, as you give it into the local church. And you can give it to other things as well, as the Lord leads. But as you give it in, you know, specifically that place. And by the way, just as a practical note, I don't have anything really to do with the money here. I don't know how much comes in every week or anything. We have faithful people that count it, that steward it well and steward it right. But this is a dimension. What I'm teaching you here is not that the church needs money. What I'm teaching you here is a dimension that releases the blessing of God in your life. Right? And uh, I can, um, we can just do that kind of thing where, oh, we're not going to talk about money because everybody gets, you know. But the Bible talks about money all the time. It just talks about the right use of it. And so I just want to encourage you um, I want to encourage you in that because we haven't really said anything about tithing and, and blessing. And I wanted you to get our heart for it. And I want you to think about that and pray about that in your own life as you give on to the Lord. Because what I love about what I love about tithing is, and it reminds me that I'm not in control. I'm not in control of my life. God's in control of my life. And the discipline of knowing that a fair whack of what comes in goes out forces me to pray and to be dependent on the Lord rather than be in this stressed out kind of trying to win the rat race. Right? That's, that's what it allows me to do, to be dependent on the Lord. And so we want to encourage you to be givers. And as a church, we want to be givers. And uh, to get really practical about it, we have uh, uh, gifted forms and uh, on the chairs there in front. If you're a taxpayer, a good way to steward your money is to make sure that you're gifted in your money. And if you don't have a number for your gifted, then we can give that to you. And um, you might find different people have different thoughts around this, and it's very much up to yourself in order to how you might want to think about this. If you flick on there, Suzanne, um, you might want to think about the standing order opportunities to do that. I, I really like that because sometimes I just forget to give, and I'm not that um, 
habitual in the way I think, so it ends up like then it ends up going, oh, I have to do it at the very end, and there's not a, there's not there's not that much left, <laughs> you know that kind of a thing. So just, just for me, it just works. For other people, I like to actually give it in. So whatever works for you, but just to know that that's an opportunity for you. And then there will be opportunities. You know, we are told in the Bible it's not just tithes, tithes and offerings, and there will be opportunities in the days ahead. We need to buy church. Uh, very soon, because many of the ones that we're sitting are, are on don't belong to us. And uh, more than that, as an act of faith, we'd like to see more people here. And uh, and and so we'll probably do an appeal quite soon about buying chairs. Why don't you be great for us all to buy a chair, wouldn't it? In faith to believe that somebody's going to come to Jesus, that we're going to sit on it. Maybe a family member that we want to see here and all of that. So there will be opportunities to give. So we just wanted to throw that out there. The last few things that I wanted to say, that's the one I wanted to spend most time on. Um, Debbie's already referenced the kids. As well as praying and as well as giving, there is serving. You can serve in lots of different ministries. We know life's busy. We don't want necessarily people out every um, night of the week or anything like that. But if there's one thing that you could get involved in in order to help this family work, that would be a great place to start. Um, things like the Welcome and Hospitality, the Practical Servant Team, the Friday Connect Cafe. There's great kind of um, progress, and all of those things are all being re- led really well. But we can always do with more volunteers, and we'd love you to um, um, get involved if you if you're not already and some of those things, and you can sign up at the back for those. Um, just so you know, too, um, just, we just feel this is an opportunity to tighten things up at this time of the year. I screenshotted this as well. It was really good. So this is just a little example of like a, a set of team expectations that we have. Um, you can't see it all. There's a few other points, 10 points. Just different ways that we want to make sure that we're serving as unto the Lord that we're committed to what we're serving in, that we understand the kind of lifestyle that God's calling us to live. And so um, your team leaders will get that to them and they can um, uh, decipher that to you um, at an appropriate kind of team meeting or something like that. Um, as, as well as things like that, next slide please, Suzanne. It, uh, it's just things like training that we want to be really um, aware of. We want to be... Um, making sure that we're taking really good care of our kids. So there's, you know, uh, child protection training and stuff like that coming up. There's also uh, vulnerable adults training, which um, uh, Debbie mentioned there, coming up on the 27th of September. Things like that are really important to us. Debbie's talked enough already about kids and youth and a little bit about the vision there. And if we could get more volunteers to help in that, you know that um, these days that the, the ratios have to be correct so that we can look after our children and young people properly. And we just really want to be conscientious about that. And I suppose one way that you can continue to serve is just to all of us, whether we're on the hospitality team or not, just to be incredibly welcoming to new people. It's a big thing to come to church, particularly if you haven't been before or been in a while, particularly if you're coming on your own. And we'd love to encourage you to do that. And then finally, finally, live. Come to church. <laughs> That'll be a good place to start. Live, be, um, be a contributor to the family. I suppose in all of this, the reason why we do a Sunday like this is nobody should really be a spectator. And if you feel you're up in the gallery looking down at everybody playing on the pitch, we want to say to you, it's time to get your, uh, to get your strip on and uh, to get out onto the pitch and to, and to play, you know. And so if, if you're not quite sure how to do that, we'd love to chat to you and love to talk to you, but we'd love you to, to be involved um, don't um, the old King James used to say, forsake the assembling of the brethren, yeah, which basically means don't stay at home. 
Come, let's come together. Let's be uh, a family. Let's contribute to one another's life. Um, there's a slight change. Hopefully this works for everyone. We have a, sorry, go back one, sorry, son. Uh, baptism on the 21st of October. So um, last week we had said the 14th. There's a few people that, or one or two people that didn't work for, but the 21st did. We've three or four people already had said they want to be baptized. Um, ho- hopefully that day it works for you. If it, it doesn't, come and speak to us and we'll get you dunked somehow, but the, 20, the 21st of October, we're looking forward to that, it's going to be a great morning, um, and uh, yeah, take, take note, um, if you don't have, um, if you don't have your contact details so that you can be part of things, please do fill that in at the back, we also, in the days ahead, there's a, there's a brand new kind of app that's out called Church App that you can do like basically everything on, I don't understand it yet, but apparently it's really, really simple and really, really good. And uh, Caroline has done some training on it here as well. Basically, all our rotors can go on it. So rather than having like a master rotor that you can't see because it's like font six or something because so many names have to go on it, this is a kind of app that you can see everything that's happening on church, all the different teams that there is, who's on what thing and where. And we'll explain that to you in due course. Um, there's a believing and belonging, which is basically um, a, a membership course. For, for those of you who were here the morning, what we signed the paper and laid the bricks, um, you're in. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you, we think you're in hook, line, sinker. There's no getting out ever, okay? You're signed up for life. I was joking. But what, what, what we'd love to do, if you weren't here that morning or you've been coming since that or you don't feel as yet you've really felt you've maybe in your heart totally committed to here but you would like to, we're going to do just a very informal kind of chat on the 14th of October morning and we'd love to just uh, share a little bit more of the heart and vision of the church with you and uh, allow you to feel like you were entering into um I love the word membership when it comes to church, but that's kind of what it is. So if you'd like to be part of that, we'd love you to come. And then I want Stephen to come um, uh, just and share for a couple of minutes before as we finish off here, um, just about the Wednesday Grow environments that Debbie mentioned earlier and how that can be an opportunity for people to live their way into the family. Yeah, Debbie mentioned there at the start about... Um, uh, a midweek expression just on the sheet you'll see it first mentioned on the 26th of September which isn't this Wednesday it's next Wednesday about I think it was about seven years ago seven or eight years ago when the manual leadership were, were just looking at different aspects of church and maybe felt the discipleship muscle of church was maybe a bit weak and needed looked at um, there's a few of us that got together just to see what we could do to put in place for that and out of that came what we call grow, which was just basically looking at maybe the uh, foundational things in the Bible, like generosity, the Holy Spirit, baptism, and, and all those all those types of subjects. We haven't, so we, we started grow then, and, and myself and Brona led that for three or four years. Um, we haven't introduced that really fully into Portadown yet, but it'll maybe come through time. But we're maybe going to do that bi-weekly, um, come Wednesday week. Just it's a very informal environment. If you're busy enough during the week, don't feel pressured that this is another thing you have to come to because you, you don't get kicked out of church for not coming or anything like that. So it's it's fine. You know, if you're if you're committed to ignite on Mondays or praying in the park on Fridays, that's okay. But it's just we just sort of felt maybe some people would like uh, a midweek expression. So it's basically 
come along, maybe one or two songs of worship, 15, 20 minutes of teaching on a particular subject, then a wee bit of group work. So it's part of growing as a family as well. You know, it's just nice to sit around and talk about the Bible, talk about a few scriptures and, and hear other people's views on that. So about an hour and a half, something like that, from a quarter to eight till a quarter past nine. So it'll be very informal and not, not threatening and no real boss to, to come up and, and speak or do things that they want to do. So uh, so anybody who's free on those Wednesday nights, it'll be every other Wednesday night. I think there's six, is there, Chris? Between, so from the start till coming up to Christmas. So there's only six nights. It's not a big commitment. If you just feel that you want a, sort of some midweek expression of church or Bible study, that type of thing. All right. Thanks, Stephen. So, as I said, there's there's other smaller group stuff we're gonna we're looking at working at in the background to roll out in January. But just felt this would be brilliant um, as a way into that for um, this this term of the autumn season. And um, one other thing, um, just before we kind of wrap this up, is um, that on Sunday nights, as we said last week, we're going to be teaching a series in Lurgan. But we really feel that what we want to do is. Um, push just first and foremost the, the, the push towards like a, a, a big alpha in in the new year and so we really want you praying for people that aren't saved that we can be working towards then so in this season in our sunday nights what we'd love to do is not necessarily do stuff here that would just clog us a little bit but we would encourage you if you're free to get along the lurgan on sunday nights we're going to be teaching a series called the practice um <clears throat> i'm going to be teaching a good bit in it as well Chris will be teaching a few on it. Um, and we really want to teach people how to practice living a life of intimacy with Jesus. What we have found is we can preach 40, 50-minute sermons, <laughs> as you know, and, uh, and, uh, and say lots of stuff, but you know, sometimes we're not quite sure how to actually go and do the stuff or connect with God. And so the teaching, it'll be an introduction tonight, um, which I'm going to help do, but it, each night is going to be like 15, 20 minutes at the very max of a teach, which is going to be a very practical teach about how to do centered prayer, how to do um, silence, how to study the Bible, how to pray the scriptures, how to, things like that. And then we're actually going to take 10 minutes and just as people sit in their chair, we're going to get you to actually practice them um, there and then, and walk you through how that would look. So if you felt like this would be really helpful for me in my own devotional life, and me in developing a place to encounter the presence of God, we'd love you to come along to that, or at the very least, try and pick it up on podcast, because we're going to try and make sure they're well um, recorded and stuff and presented so that you can listen to them. Is that okay? Final thing to say is the new website, which I'm going to try and do a good job of explaining, um, comes up in a few different these days, people that are really good at this stuff have a whole thought process behind them, and then it becomes kind of slightly cryptic. But because it's slightly cryptic, then it's slightly cool. But I think they should really explain the cryptic bit so everybody knew it, but then it wouldn't be cool anymore, right? So, so the new logo that they've come up with is um, three three lines. <laughs> That form an E. Just, just leave it there, Susanna, because this is like technical, right? And uh, <laughs> the, three, the three lines represent loving God, loving people, loving the world, which are our three core, core values, that we want to disciple um, and see a, re, a, a rewritten story in Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations. And we do that by everyone, every day, everywhere, reaching out. That gives us a lovely E, which represents Emmanuel, which is set in the form of a heart, 
because we're all about loving God and loving people and loving the world. And, um, and that's it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. So, so that's what our logo means when you see it. And um, the, the website will be up and running uh, very soon. Well, it is up and running. There's just not much on it yet. And that will give you some more details of the ins and outs of how you can connect in with church life and everything else that's going on. Amen. So sorry that um, this has at times been a bit more practical this morning, but it's how we engage with the family. Next Sunday, really looking forward, we're going to start our theme called Unveil Faces. We're going to be really teaching from the Word about how we can behold the presence of Jesus in our lives daily and be changed and transformed into his likeness. So we'll be kicking off with that. We have some time now to eat cake, thanks to Julie, to drink some tea and coffee, to hang out and to sign up for anything. The back table just in front.